0: So five man band. Had you heard of it before when we when we talked about this off there? Like, had you heard about it before? Or like, I've been aware of the principle. Just I wasn't sure.
1: I wasn't aware it had been like given a name. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know it was like a studied thing.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that. I mean, that's the name I've come across everywhere. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe there is another name for it or a more official name. But that that is the name that I've everywhere I've gone and seen and read about. It, the five-man band seems to be the accepted title for this storytelling trope. Definitely, it's, it's one of the things that I've, I really enjoy over the more central character-focused um, that you see in other types of stories
1: I like the concept because it kind of gets you out of the single-mindedness of this is all down da- any given journey or story is all down to a single character to yeah. overcome or surmount there's a sense of removing ego from it being a group responsibility versus a- any one person's job to yeah, yeah, yeah accomplish the goals of, of what's going on
0: yeah um I I think definitely too it it, it allows for if you have like a bigger cast of characters as well it really helps for like an ensemble story especially in certain genres if you've got like a bigger scope i think this really helps put more more meat on the bone so to speak yeah for for your narrative
1: and also more chance for an audience to connect to it because if you have different personality types people will associate differently with different characters you're dealing with more spices
0: in the mix i'm going to be very unprofessional and and eat that's fine (laughs) Let's give this a shot. Love it. Which, what are you eating? I am currently eating some very well cooked, juicy pork, pork loin. Oh, with Ooh. some homestyle potatoes seasoned with, I want to say like salt, pepper, maybe some olive oil.
1: I did. Uh, I did pork dumplings on the on the grill yesterday. So I had pork
0: dumplings else. on the grill. On the griddle, I should say. Uh as long as we're off topic. Okay, back to five man <laughs> band. It's it's definitely a story trope. And that's one thing before we get... And,
1: uh, I mean, as long as we're talking tropes, uh, for those who don't know, like, take us down the rabbit hole of what and what isn't a trope.
0: Yeah. So, and again, this is my sort of, this is the definition that I've created based on what I've seen and done and experienced and read. The, a trope is pretty much, like, for me, it's like one of the most fundamental tools in storytelling. It's, you know, it, it sort of touches on that shared universal human experience and it's it's almost inevitable if you're writing a story that you're gonna run into a trope it's it's a building block for storytelling for me like you could say like genre is its own is a trope in and of itself it's essentially the expectation that an audience would have toward a story so for like let me ask you this like we were talking about two thousand one uh, last yeah. time so like in science fiction like if you were to like look at like a A movie or a book that you knew nothing about, but you knew it was in the science fiction genre. Let's say that's all you had. You had like the title. Yeah. What's What's some of the things that you're gonna like? You might not even know it when before you read it, but you're gonna have some expectations as to what is going to be. Based upon things you've seen before, What's been done? Somebody did this thing. Somebody did it
1: a different way, but
0: yeah, exactly. There's gonna be that that notion that when that you, the reader as the reader audience as co creator of the story, you're kind of gonna bring to the table. You know, so for a science fiction. I know, for me at least, I'm already sort of expecting some type of uh, creative use of technology that we've never seen before, or some sort of far distant future of humanity. You know, out in the it's galaxy, going to take us somewhere
1: in a similar arena to other pieces of science fiction. Yeah, exactly. There's that,
0: you know, um, action movies. You know, you have the the single action hero. You know, the, you know you expect you expect action. You expect the chase. You know, you always expect there's going to be a chase scene in some form or another. Like, I would say you look at, like, uh, the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. There's probably a chase sequence in every single movie, almost, I would imagine. Oh, um- Yeah. Definitely, and even like the superhero genre comes with its with its tropes. You know, there's the character before his their their origin story, their powers, their weaknesses. These are just the things that people come to expect in a certain story. The the chosen one type character that's you know a heavily done trope it doesn't it doesn't make it bad. Um, it just means. You know what the story sort of demands, and, and what your audience is is going is to gonna expect. want out. It's going it. to want out of it, or at least, or at the very least, you how you're going to use that to the, to your advantage. As the creator, you know, horror has its tropes. You know, like the jump scares, the the long drawn suspense, the you know, the haunted house is a is a trope unto itself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you... The,
1: there's even with horror, there's there's differences between different types of horror. There's you know, yeah. A lot of the times, most horror typically ends badly, but there's a new rise in horror where people get away at the end and aren't it isn't a terrible, depressing. No, day, yeah. Um, where everything goes badly.
0: I was actually. But
1: that's only. I would argue that that's only more recent than that. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i was actually surprised a couple years ago when i saw the conjuring for the first time yeah i was like well this can't that's a great example this can't end well just all of horror just telling me yeah someone's someone's getting out oh spoilers ladies and gentlemen if you haven't seen them if you haven't seen Spoiler the movie warning. i highly recommend it. it's a good it's a good horror movie Um, Yeah, but then when it it doesn't go the way I was expecting, I'm like, oh, okay. And that's sort of an example of where it took the trope, understood it, and used it well. When we dig into horror in a later episode, I'm going to ask
1: you how you feel about the (laughs) the upside-down cross trope. (sighs) Okay, do you want... I I'll, I'll we'll do that in a later episode okay. but i didn't mean to row, row I'll up. tell you what I
0: I can go on a long time about that cuz it's like man just a little bit of research and you would realize that that They is... don't care
1: about research
0: they care about butts <laughs> and <blessing> this You <laughs> you would understand that that makes no sense um <laughs> and that's you know years of catholic school talking anyway Yeah <laughs> I, I think it's just you know how I was like I'm so mad cuz it was like it was you know drilled into my head about okay this is what all this means and what it stands for and then when i see people get it wrong i'm like oh man anyway yeah <laughs> but yeah uh tropes are pretty much they're just unavoidable they are the uh, tools and the expectations that come with certain genres certain just forms of storytelling you know even like the structure like the hero's journey you know when you're studying like storytelling the hero's journey is a good coupling to yeah. this, i think because it dovetails in interesting ways yeah um you know like you have you have the protagonist they meet a certain character that sets them on their way they enter a new world they confront you know the challenges all along the way they meet the final challenge and then you know they, they come back there's the resolution
1: i think actually some if for a lot of like the best examples of five-man band i think also apply to the hero's journey I I th- leave several of yeah. the best examples I can think of. I think the biggest example in general of the five man band is Star Wars. Yeah, at least at least the one that is the most understandable. Yeah, and
0: relatable. we and we can get into that um, in a little bit. Actually, that was it's one of the examples. But I do um,
1: find it interesting how the two kind of coexist very well.
0: Yeah. No. um, And I think that, you know, it's just, it shows that like this idea of a trope and whatever you want to, you know, label it as, and the trope can be something very broad to, you know, the most minute down to like a phrase or, you know, a type of colloquialism that a character uses, anything like that. That to me is essentially a trope. It's an essential building tool that for the longest time when I was writing, I always wanted to try and avoid. But then as I've, you know, As I've gotten older now, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of unavoidable. Like (laughs) I always make the argument you could just say storytelling in general is a trope. Yeah. Because we've heard we've heard so many stories. Like you can make the joke that someone says, you know, you go up, you're trying to pitch a story to someone, some and then you want them to listen and you're just like, Oh, I got a story for you. And they're like, Nah, I've heard a story before. (laughs) You know? So there's always that sense that it's gonna (laughs) be there because I think the tropes are touching on something universal and shared in terms of the human nature. It's it's kind of they're kind of almost mythological in what they're touching on, yeah philosophical. Now, where they can be a detriment to the story is if they become a cliche. And you always kind of hear these two terms like thrown back and forth a lot, tropes versus cliches. For me, the trope is the actual physical device tool that you're gonna use as a creator in your story. Whereas the cliche to me is again just as my this is how I break it down in my head. The cliche is the critique of the trope, and it's a particularly a trope that's done poorly. You know, be it you know, it's whether it's a plot device or someone using dialogue or a certain character that someone uses. It just it pretty much means that if someone says something's cliche, that's their way of critiquing it and saying that it lacks the originality or it doesn't bring anything new to that trope. It simply kind of takes something. You've already seen tons of times. Spits it back out with nothing new. It's it's basically a carbon copy. So it's more of the actual critique on the trope rather than the trope itself. Compared to comparatively between the two, because they get used a lot, you know. And I, I always want to say you always want to try and avoid cliches
1: unless you're gonna somehow. Almost every time you even hear them brought up, it's always in a negative light. It's like, yeah. oh, it's such a cliche. Yeah, such it's such a like... cliche.
0: And, and that to me is just it's like I said, it's just a critique saying that yeah, it didn't it didn't bring that fresh retelling to the audience. Yeah, you know, no, nothing didn't new. D- it-
1: it didn't justify its existence. Yeah. Which is a big thing that I think is is big in a lot of storytelling is you have to be able to justify what you're doing and why
0: you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. And I
1: think that there's a lot of stuff being generated now that doesn't quite hit that mark.
0: I would agree with that. Pardon me, I'm still I'm still eating my dinner, ladies and gentlemen. The pork, the pork <laughs> is real. I think that's definitely you know a big thing to consider when you're working on any piece of artwork, but specifically storytelling is okay, it's really it's really hard to be 100% completely original in your story there's always going to be parallels to other things it's borderline impossible anymore to be 100% original yeah
1: I would almost say it is impossible even some of the best stuff being made right now can be equated to something else
0: oh yeah you know there's always that and we talked back going back to our previous episode of 2001 like the influences of Kubrick yeah it's and those kind of where like tropes start to come from and he got his influences from somewhere else and back and back and back you go so yeah it's it's more of knowing the Tropes, knowing how they work, what people expect of them, and then it's how like to twist it and make something. It's fresh. like, how do I give this my own voice, my own style? And that's where you essentially can start to avoid the cliches. And sometimes you can use cliches to for great effect, you know, or make fun of them. You know, a certain a lot of parodies will do this. They'll they'll play on the cliches of more serious movies, like you know, action movies that constantly use the same thing, but are trying to take it seriously, and then a parody will come along and just point out all the cliches.
1: Young Frankenstein is one of the best ones. Oh, Absolutely yes! Oh my god, yes! Just completely spins the whole concept on its head. Absolutely! Oh yeah, I,
0: let's 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 recommend that if you guys have never seen Young Frankenstein, it's
1: one of the it's one it's one of the few comedies that is timeless, in my opinion. I,
0: I agree, and it's in it's in black and white. I will warn everyone. I know sometimes I don't know. Do I, you... I don't I don't understand any, anybody being put off by I, black and white. I, I still I still get I still run into excuse me I still run into some people who when I say it's in black and white. <sighs> some of them like, won't you, say it how, how do you just go outwardly? yeah but like, some of them won't actually outwardly have an expression but I can tell <laughs> I can see the wheels turning and they're like oh it's in black <laughs> it's and like white the, it's like that meme of the lady with the math going yeah. in front of her head <laughs> Like, do I wanna watch it? But yeah, no, I think it and there's a reason I believe that he chose it to be in black and white because it was plain oh, yeah. it was playing off of all the old, you know, universal classic monster yeah. horror movies from, you know, the thirties and forties. Which also if you haven't seen are all yes. fantastic.
1: Yes. that uh, we can if do if you have even a remote interest in horror, that's that's your bedroom. Future
0: future episode right there. Uh Little, yep. little Chekhov's gun moment for you. Um, one particular trope, though, uh, I want to focus on today is is the five man band, which we've we touched on a little bit there before with a Star Wars, and it's basically you know a broad trope that. <sighs> I've found it comes. I don't know if it's was essentially created in like Eastern storytelling tradition, you know, like Chinese tradition. But it's definitely prevalent. Though, yes, it's, it's definitely more else. prevalent there. I, I have, didn't do enough to know. I don't know if we can pinpoint exactly where, but I, for this discussion, that seems to be it's much more Eastern influenced, and it you know compromises the use of five characters as a group and together, mm-hmm. and they each have their own aspect and title within the group. You have the leader, which is usually the hero or the protagonist of your story. The second one is the Lancer, um, who's mm-hmm. usually the character that contrasts the leader the most in some form not or Not necessarily way. an antagonist. Yeah, no, not necessarily an antagonist. Yeah, yeah. They don't always have to be the villain. But that's, again, there's something that you could play off of. You know, that'd be an interesting thing, you know, when we're talking about back to the whole cliche discussion. You know, maybe maybe the Lancer is the villain, and that would be an interesting challenge because usually, you know, you can't have the villain and the leader too often together depending on the story you're telling. But yeah, it doesn't always have to be the villain of the story. It's just someone who ideally is almost the opposite of the leader yeah. character. And then you have the brain or the smart guy, I've heard thrown around this is essentially you know your your tech or your problem solving sort of computer whiz the type. guy in the chair the guy in the chair absolutely uh, and so anytime there's like a problem you know be it like scientific or something that needs like thought through they're they're kind of there building like technology for them i, I always want to say that you know, this isn't follows in in the five man band but like q from the james bond like yeah would, that's, a, that's if, a great example if you were to like turn that into a five man band sort of trope i would say q would be the brain of mm-hmm. that that's scenario and then after that you have the muscle or the big guy and this is essentially someone who's the the brute strength and force yeah of the group you know they're they're the...
1: Go- going through this breakdown i can't help but think of max breakdown and it's always sunny <laughs> i want to say that they definitely were thinking of this like this came this 100 that episode came out like that episode moment came no, out of absolutely i'm um,
0: then talking about this as we get into like the examples <laughs> i would say you know especially like t- television and anything episodic and the long narrative i think really lends itself well to this to this trope yeah i would agree like the
1: scooby-doo yeah like it's they they very much follow the trope and there's like
0: ghostbusters
1: does this yeah uh, countless things
0: yeah no there's definitely that it it really uh, emphasizes the group and the interaction between the characters more than the sort of individual hero's journey sometimes that you get in more like western tradition
1: the group camaraderie and overcoming
0: their differences individually is what
1: ends up being the success over there i've
0: always thought that it makes it easier it might not be the best way i don't want to say i don't want to make anyone think that you know it's it's a completely easy thing to do but it helps e- externalize the inner conflict of a, of a character like you could you could argue that the five roles are essentially different aspects of one protagonist put together yeah and this is just a way of externalizing that inner conflict that you would have to be a little bit more creative with if you just have one character alone on their own journey you know, that's a good way of looking at it. all like that. So it, it, it helps with the dialogue and gives like a reason to sort of have it. That's the, again, that's just my way of looking at it. Everything is unofficial yeah. here too. Just let me, let me asterisk that. No. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, this is just, you know,
0: this is my
1: grain of salt. Our take Our, yeah, our, <laughs> our
0: take on this. And I,
1: th- I think that goes, goes to say with everything that we put forward yeah. here. It's like, these, these are kind of all hot takes. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the final uh, role after the muscle, uh, you have uh, the heart. Or as sometimes I have heard call it or or the chick, sometimes you will hear people say, it doesn't have to be a female character though. Yeah. Usually it is. It does not have to be. And I think it's just, you know, this is essentially the emotional core of the group is this person. Yeah. Uh, A a huge role in the process. But I've, like I said, I think originally it was always known as the chick, but now it's the more appropriate term is the heart when you're using it, which I think, you know, works too, if you're trying to like get into the, like to understand what the character represents. I particularly go with the titles leader lancer brain muscle heart just because it pretty much tells you like what i
1: think that's the that's a clear breakdown of each yeah it
0: pretty much tells you what each character sort of the trope that they're representing yeah and it And it's just a style of storytelling just emphasizes, you know, character over plot, I think. You know, it's very broad, but it it really wants to explore sort of the the community aspect of a story and how certain characters come together, overcome their differences, you know, depending on what's going on in the world. And I think it, you know, like one of the things I wanted to bring up, you know, if you look at like Aristotle's poetics, which is something we could do a whole nother episode on, you know, like his, for his thing, he always said the top two poetics that he put at the top of the list was plot or action and then character. And you know, I think that sort of emphasizes the ongoing battle that you have in storytelling is what's do you do you create a story do you start with the character and then have the plot come from that or do you start with the plot and then create a character from the plot? I think that's little chicken and the egg action. Exactly. And I think that's what the 5 Man Band I think focuses more on the character idea of the argument whereas like if you look at a more like western storytelling like the Odyssey for example from if we're going way back. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of this is more on the plot or the journey of one central character over a long time span rather than a collective group you know because like yeah. i mean honestly if like i if you were to say like you know to someone name me another character another important character side character you know ally in the odyssey besides you don't but you can't name odysseus the, the protagonist i'm even mm-hmm. hard pressed to figure out someone else yeah but you know if you look at other things like you said star wars for example i'd be like okay name me someone else in that other than luke the protagonist i'm sure you can. You can easily do it.
1: Yeah, Han Solo was the first one. Yeah, that comes to mind. yeah. And
0: like, go ahead. Yeah, you had a you had a thought there. Go ahead.
1: Can't remember what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Han Solo definitely if we look at so if we look at Star Wars as one of our case studies Han Solo is definitely the lancer of that group he contrasts Luke almost to a T you know and you can see it in their scenes like Luke is the leader of the group even even if it's unofficially and their sort of disagreement over the force and where it is yeah
1: Han is very much the contrarian atheist yeah. of the religion he's that is the he's force. the
0: rebel he's the you know he you know, kind of looks more out for himself. At least, if we're talking the the original movie of Star Wars, and is, I would say yeah. is more pragmatic. You know, in his approach, he's a man of the He's a man of the proverbial world. Yeah, and then going down the list, the brain, I would argue, would be. And and you can have more than one person fit yeah. into. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be five. That is something I didn't mention before. It, I've I've seen people use seven characters. I've seen people use.
1: I was gonna say it's kind of it kind of like what, what are they bringing the brain about? Because you can very easily justify that Obi Wan is the brain as far as their forces.
0: Regard. yeah 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 you could yes you could argue that obi-wan is the brain as well i usually will put like c-3po and r2d2 because you know w- they just fit it in terms of like the tech time the, the sort of tech savvy of the group yeah. you know anytime they run into a scenario where something needs translated or a computer needs hacked the two of them balance each other out and make for great you know character and comedy yeah in the in the star wars series they're also one of the more
1: recognizable images from star wars which is what's kind of interesting because like because it is a science fiction genre so it has having the brain be one of the most visual visual pieces of character design in that is i think pretty interesting yeah
0: and i think too what's interesting about using this trope using the five-man band is one advantage it has over the other version the singular character is you know if any one of these characters is harmed or is is killed in the story it's it's an emotional toll on the yeah. audience you know it's 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 the same that you would get if the main character of a singular plot was killed off
1: well, i think that's why like originally in star wars specifically if we're Sticking with that example for a minute, they originally wanted to kill off Han, and that's that was the meaning behind the whole uh frozen and carbonite sequence
0: yeah i think so like yeah there was that or at least like i think harrison ford was for it no like he wanted to he was very much for it and it
1: was i know it was kind of born out of a scheduling conflict with indiana jones but at the same time it was would have been a very very fascinating place to take that character and, and draw people into that area of of such a harsh differential in what had come before
0: yeah no definitely and i think That whole sequence where, you know, he's being encased in the carbonite. First
1: time you watch that, it's very, very emotional as as an audience member.
0: Yeah, and arguably one of the most famous moments in cinema where, you know, uh, Leia says to him you know i love you and then of course his answer back is i know and he gets dipped it's
1: such a great character moment yeah too, from two totally different angles on yeah. both of them yeah he is like the hardened rock of unchanged. it's a totally character bending moment yeah. for her but he is just like the stone rock in this like terrible moment in his life and yeah he yeah just yeah doesn't even bend right up until to what he believes is his end. yeah like-
0: and if you and if you look at that if you didn't have the five-man band trope going on there i don't know if that i don't know if that moment can even happen or I mean, I guess it could happen, but I don't know if it would pack as much punch as it does. Looking at it from that lens, it makes better sense. Yeah, and and Lucas, you know, I think he, he drew a lot from Eastern storytelling. Like, you know, I know he's mentioned... Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the Hidden Fortress with a corsara was a big...
1: I mean all you have to do is watch uh, Th- Throne of Blood Throne of, yeah. like there's definite influence there. Yeah,
0: the, it definitely has that that eastern storytelling to this kind of uh, and again, it's not, you know, it's not like a perfect, you know, there's always going to be some like blending of the two as all storytelling I would say should be like, you know, you want to make it your own, give it your own interpretation, your own stamp on it because that's yeah. what that's usually the big thing that's going to make the story better because again, as we discussed earlier, tropes are inevitable. So it's like how do you how do you make some, how how do you them? yeah? How do you take something that's old and give it a fresh take? How do you you know turn it new again?
1: I think it only gets trickier and trickier as time goes yeah.
0: on. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, moving on. What was I? Yeah. So the next character, the muscle, I've always said was uh, Chewbacca because he's essentially the biggest of the group, and you know,
1: debatably Mac
0: or you know Dennis, however yes. you want to look at it. <laughs> The two of them kind of fight over. Yeah, and that's interesting because they kind of both fight. You could arguably put them in different roles throughout I think the hilariousness of that joke is because they so,
1: like, weirdly don't but do at the same time fit into that model. It's (laughs) kind of like
0: they constantly switch roles with each other is they're constantly, like, they all think they're the leader. They all think they all act as the Lancer to someone else. Yeah. They all think they're the brains of the operation. They all think they're the muscle, and then they all think they have this emotional core. But I think that... Whether this is intentional or not, I think that's what makes the show so good is because yeah. they're constantly flipping and changing it around. And it's just, you know, the dynamics can just spin on a dime. Yeah. And then you never know, like, what weirdness you're going to get out of the show. <laughs> and then, yeah, this, the last role in the original Star Wars, the heart would be, would be Leia. You know, she essentially is, and that made an important character because essentially she is the one that kicks it off and keeps the group together. You know, if you think about yeah. it, when you, when you see the original Star Wars, it's her ship being taken by Darth Vader, not her sending the message through RTD to, to get to Luke. So without that, you know, moment, you know, the story doesn't, the story doesn't really take off at all.
1: Yeah. Like everybody plays their integral role. Yeah. Which is what makes it.
0: Yeah, and I think that really creates for a, a good sense of, of storytelling when, when it comes down to it. Yeah, and yeah, the well, since
1: we're since we're talking a bit about Star Wars, let's let's jump through uh, Dave Filoni. We'll, we'll we'll jump through the Dave Filoni curve here, back to his earlier work, Avatar, because mm-hmm. that also does. I think it's interesting that that kind of follows the same kind of trope. Because I mean, he is he's had his toe dipped in Star Wars. Yeah, he's been a man of the Nickelodeon
0: world. Yeah, and, and we are we are referring to Avatar: The Last Air. Bender, just as a just to remind we are not referring to the cameron film not
1: the james cameron movie we are referring to the yes the
0: nickelodeon story. animated series yeah no that pretty much again even i mean in that one doesn't in any way try to i don't want to use the, it doesn't try to hide that it comes from an eastern influence and not that star wars was trying to hide it i just think it really uses that forefront you know a lot of the cultures and characters and like
1: it hark it harkens
0: back yeah, a little more to like to its roots yeah I to think. like animes that you see because it like it, it heavily is built around an eastern culture you know even like the language in it in terms of like you'll see like written in like posters or something it's written in like you know like kanji or chinese vernacular yeah. so uh it definitely is firmly sits in that uh, that anime that eastern story telling style and it, again the, the five man band is there it's not there though re- ready-made from the beginning they kind of like add to it as the series goes on and that's one of the things I really love about. I personally, this is arguably one of my all-time favorite series ever. You know, I still go back to it. Yeah. Um, and but what I kind
1: of love about Dave Filoni in general is he's kind of a concept, have your cake and eat it too kind of guy. So like, one of his other big works of recent is The Mandalorian. and yeah. kind of when it was leading up, I was kind of like wondering how, how are they going to do this? Because I know it was going to hinge off of a lot of the Clone Wars, Rebels kind of shows, a lot of that same kind of material. I'm like, well, they're all different kinds of writing structures, so how would you mix that together and it was they kind of did both at the same time it was both episodic and there were overarching themes yeah. that kept touching back in yeah and it was like okay they kind of did both at the same time which is interesting yeah. so like with air with airbender he did kind of both the five-man band but also a cent- very central character at the same
0: time. yeah 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 no and that's i think that's a testament to it's to how good it is for me, at least, you know, you, you have the leader in Ang, the the protagonist. You have the lancer in the character Zuko, who you know in the beginning is essentially the uh, the villain, if if you want, of of the story, at least in the first season. Yeah. But I I would be shocked if the creators, uh, Brian, I think it was Brian Konitzko and Michael DiMartino, I, I could be getting their names, the names wrong. Don't no, <laughs> nobody nobody get mad at me if I got that wrong. I would be shocked if if they. Didn't approach this from the beginning with the idea of Zuko as the lancer character. Oh, that's interesting. You know, you know and but he's—it's almost like the five-man band hasn't been formed yet. And usually, you know, that's yeah. It's like
1: it's not—I don't want to say new, but not been so heavily discussed or talked about yeah as a, as a trope in and of itself yeah
0: and when you look at uh, last airbender the series as it goes on it takes almost the entire series for the entire band itself that trope to fully form and realize which i think if you've never seen the show goes really well with the parallels of the main character's journey and his narrative so i think that's what you know just on it on every level i think you know i can't say enough about the series i definitely say if you haven't watched it yeah, before it's a, it's a good one definitely watch it so yeah zuko as the lancer uh they you do I believe it's up on netflix now too so
1: it's pretty easily accessible yeah
0: i think currently it is on netflix so yeah definitely definitely check it out yeah you have Sokka's as the brain one thing that i really like and i don't know again this could be in spoilers is how they approach the character of the muscle in this in this story is it is she she is essentially a 13 12 year old blind girl is is the muscle she's arguably the strongest the physical of of all the characters and i think that's really interesting you know so here once again was this idea of trope and cliche they understood the trope but they brought something a little bit different to it to help it you know give it a, a, a fresh take give something a little spice yeah something new to it rather than i guarantee you if if you did that as as a big character you know a big muscly bound character it it might not have worked as well
1: it's been done but it wouldn't
0: necessarily be yeah you you would business. feel like uh steak again for dinner okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> type yeah, deal exactly it's like okay this is something this is different i don't know i don't know
0: yeah and and then the final role again the heart which is Katara, who is essentially works as, I want to say the narrator, really kind of like of the story. You know, it starts with her and she's the one that keeps really kind of pushing the story forward, similar to how Leia does in the original Star Wars, because she was the one that, you know, sent the message for help for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So again, you can see these parallels between how the five-man band works and how each character has their certain defined role within the group or what they represent. But that doesn't take away from their complexity and their depth. If anything, it, it stresses Is that all these characters need to be really thought out. And
1: their dynamics between because it's like it's okay you have to have a well thought out character but in this especially in this trope you have to know very very well how these different types are going to clash and how they're going to intertwine and the kinds of conflict and situation that are going to arise from that type of thing. Yeah. A lot of that stuff you have to have in mind in order to craft them well. No
0: absolutely definitely I'm just taking (laughs) 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 It's too good
1: I can't stop. It's too good. But
0: anyway, yeah. And I was interested, you know, to find out where this... One thing, too, that I haven't touched on is there's always sort of usually when the characters first meet the leader and then maybe the brain the muscle the heart the lancer when they first meet they always have some sort of fight and by fight I mean it doesn't necessarily have to be like a physical you know fisticuffs yeah. fight but some sort of
1: a disagreement the,
0: the the leader gaining them as a companion later on only seems to happen through some sort of challenge that they ran into with each other in the beginning you know if we look at like for Luke you know he when they first meet Han Solo you know essentially this is just a, a job for him you can almost buy on ship for that yeah exactly you know it's you know they're well who's gonna fly a kid you, what a piece of junk yeah so there is that they don't yeah. necessarily ever have that like from their very first
1: interaction they
0: are already yeah. kind of like not cool with each yeah, other yeah yeah <laughs> so they don't have that like you know physical fight right out in the open but their argument goes back and forth and then it actually plays well at the climax of the film when han solo comes back to help with the attack on the death star so that sort of finally yeah, revolves. It, means
1: it means everything in the world that he's like he's doing a Something very out of character mm-hmm. in a, like a big way yeah
0: and and that whole idea of the you know the, the forming of the group as its own separate part in in terms of the conflict of the story you're telling i think is key too because it, it it allows for the creator to have those in-depth characters and spend yeah. more time and can i
1: also say that's why this is so important that han shot first <laughs> <laughs> It is so important because it shows that his character goes through a character change. I, he has an arc. It, He's a different man by the end of the movie. It definitely,
0: and I, I never understood. Like, where I did, will die on that hill. <laughs> where did, uh, where did that come from? Like, I know. Like, so originally that's how it went. And then was it in the help me out? Was it in the the special edition it was in the gold editions that i think they released in the The vhs release back in the 90s when they re yeah
1: they did like a a re-release in theaters and i think that's when lucas made the first initial change and then it went back and then it went forth and then disney also changed it to be neither of the two it's like they shot at the same time and it's like uh stop messing with it just leave it like it was yeah
0: you're altering the message of what was said yeah it just doesn't yeah that's one of those things where i'm like why did you i mean i i I guess i kind of get it for the the marketing and the side yeah it wasn't of it. very
1: kid friendly side of Star Wars but at the same time that's how that's that's what made the screen and yeah and in I mean so. there are a
0: lot of stories out there that aren't kid friendly a lot of old ones too and it, anyway. That is another topic. That's a whole thing. That's a whole other thing that we could get down in. But yeah, just real quick, like the story, the five-man band itself, as far as I've found, I think originates or comes from Journey to the West, which is, you know, considered one of the great classic Chinese novels. And it was published around the 16th century. And it follows, you know, a set of five different characters. There's Tripitaka, who's a monk. And then he, his first task of running into the character of Monkey, they fight. And then they become friends. There's Pigsy. There's Sandy, who's a, a, I believe, a water spirit. I've never read Journey to the West. This is all just through found, finding it through the Five Man Band trope. Yeah. And then of course uh, Tripitaka's horse. It's, it's, I believe, the name is is Bai. I think. Again, we could do a whole episode on that. This as well. But I've never. Yeah, I've never I would read actually it. love to dig into that. Yeah, at some point. It's, it's heavily, heavily a long series, you know, definitely has that mythic quality to it. You can see the the beginning influences of that five man band in this. And I think one of the things that it really touches on over a more Western style of storytelling is this idea again, going back to character and plot, this idea of the individual against the collective, how basically how the group solves their inner problems to face the outer threat, whereas the individual faces it alone, you know, in, in certain in certain stories, such as like, you know, if you look at like the action genre, you know, I think mm-hmm. of like things like Die Hard, that is, that is strictly a one. Yeah. And, and this is not to say that one way is better or worse or, you know, more illuminating than the other. It's just to show, I think, the differences between the two and how... Each one has its advantages and disadvantages, and the strengths depending on the story you want to tell, what version might better serve for what you're doing. So, for like. This is one of the areas I think that Marvel actually gets
1: very, very right, and especially in the Avengers threads. Yeah. it's all about how the collective works together and and it's torn apart yeah. and you know Thanos being the biggest thread where that's the example
0: but yeah and i was actually we can get into that i was going to bring up thor as an interesting comparison in how they in how they did that but uh, yeah no i just think it you know it, it emphasizes that that difference of you know you have the individual and then you have the group, you know, and what, you know, uh, where do you go with it and what's more important and how it, you know, it influences our, our cultures and our religions and our philosophies too, if you look at like a Western tradition as opposed to an Eastern one. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. You know, there's more in in the, in the five-man band, it sort of emphasizes that it's more about the internal struggle rather than necessarily about the external threat in the story. You know, if you look at Die Hard, that is perfectly well-suited in the more Western style yeah. tradition. Like, I don't think... If see now, if you did that as a five man band, I don't think it would hold up. You know, I think it might not. It might be a little too slow. It might. You certainly could try it, but given how it's set up and everything, I think that works flawlessly as a singular character on a journey.
1: I would agree. Yeah. It's conducive to that. And
0: and you have the external threat of, you know, Hans Gruber, and that sort of mirrors sort of the internal struggle that John McClane is having with, you know, his wife and how they're like, they aren't, I don't think they're divorced in the movie, but I think they're separated, I think, right? Yeah, they're on the verge of. Yeah. I've always found it
1: interesting that that is like the emotional core of what's going on. And I I also think it's interesting that uh, that's one of the original examples of the villains being more organized Mm -hmm. than the protagonist yeah i mean it's just it's just john mclean and he's there trying he can't even convince the local pd to like that there's a situation for like the longest time that is
0: still one of the funniest moments for me is when he tries to call on that sound like i'm ordering a I still love that as, as, like, an incredible, like, line. And there's an idea of comedy coming organically.
1: Yeah, and, it like, yeah, you don't want to wink at your audience, yeah. I don't think. Like, there are obviously situations. Like, I think Mel Brooks does the winking at the audience comedy the best. Yeah. But oh, that definitely. fits within his style. And, like, too often I catch, like, recent stuff where the filmmakers are trying to wink at the audience in, like, a totally serious moment. And it's like, okay, that just didn't drive. Like
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. You know, looking at it as, as the singular story, I think think like the action genre works better in that in that style you know not to say again this is not to say that you can't do the other one in a five-man band trope or vice versa. Oh no, you can do whatever yeah. you want.
1: It's just what's proven to work time and time again.
0: I think given that story, that, that lends itself better to having a singular protagonist. Whereas, you know, I think genres that really lend themselves well to the five-man band is you know, the fantasy genre and maybe even the sci-fi genre too, depending on what, you know, what story you're telling. I mean, I don't know, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Would you say? I just thought, you know, when I, when I thought of fantasy, I'm like, you know, you usually have a bigger group of characters going on some sort of larger journey that takes a long time
1: yeah well I've, what i've always found interesting is how much the lines bleed between sci-fi and fantasy there's a lot more so than any other two genres i think there's a lot of bleed over mm-hmm. where like as dune is i think one of the best examples oh, yeah. yep. of where it's kind of kind of got a foot firmly in each side of that and it's kind of both simultaneously yeah uh, dark crystal is another great example. yes yes but yeah, there's it's it's I've always found that fascinating, and like it's it's fine lines, and there there are definitely definite examples of things being firmly not one or the other. Yeah. but like I would say, I would say there's there are no science fiction. Aspects of Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, for that matter, but like th- those, those two like are unquestionably fantasy. Yeah,
0: and they still sort of use that that five man band trope, I think. And Yeah, they,
1: and that's what that's what I find so interesting is like they 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 have there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, there are examples that contradict even that. Yeah, so it's no, just, it's it, like I said, it's it, for every for almost every rule there is an exception. Oh yeah, they're all I think they're always why we say take it with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just interesting to look at you know the the sort of themes that the two different versions touch on you know i think a big one there's a quote that i i really like in terms of the eastern storytelling tradition you know it coming from a you know a more buddhist buddhism and confucianism influenced culture there's that sense that the inner conflict is the greater threat and the greater accomplishment i think the quote that i had is you know train tirelessly to defeat your greatest enemy yourself then discover the greatest master yourself and that's and that's essentially what the five-man band i think and again you could take it back to what i was saying before you could i like to argue sometimes that the five-man band is a simply one character broken down into five different people and yeah it it allows that conflict that inner conflict to be shown rather than told it just it makes it it makes it a little bit easier in what you can get away with but it's also harder because now you have to make sure that you've got more work put out for you've got more world building to do which i think is why it serves fantasy and science fiction much better than other genres because yeah you're already dealing in a world yeah you're dealing in Situation. in a whole new different world than than our own. So yeah, and if you look yeah, at that's, like that's a good way to look yeah. at it. And you know, looking at like other examples in today, you know, I, TV I think is heavily relies on.
1: I mean, because we've, we've we're getting into an arena where we want more out of TV shows. We want more seasons, we want a lot of people want like the big long running series that they can commit to for a few years and have something have that thing to come back to and check out yeah
0: you know like one that i think we mentioned it a couple episodes it was like lost essentially has that that five-man band now you have a lot of more characters on there
1: but i think it there was pretty much a core six yeah of people, at least for several seasons, that kind of everything influxed out of one way or another. And I think you, no, had, you yeah. had Sawyer, you had Jack, you had Kate, Hurley, Charlie, and Claire. Kind of, or, and Or I think you could probably say Locke was probably more to the central group. But yeah. I mean, like, those were kind of the main players. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you had all these contrasting philosophies and... The big thing with that show was like where everybody had come from before, so it was like you're dealing with Jack. Kind of took up a leadership role because he was a doctor and he knew how to deal with all the immediate. Yeah,
0: the immediate needs chaos of, yep.
1: of everything that was going on. In, ter- in terms of the crash,
0: I mean. But. I mean, you can look at it certainly too in you know like comedy like when you brought up always sunny in philadelphia i think that's what makes that so interesting because like you have the five characters right there yeah but the unique point like like we mentioned was i think each episode no one depending on like you know usually there is i would say one character who the episode is more centered around like you know like one of my favorite episodes is uh when charlie does the play the night man cometh i would say like that's a perfect example that's more he's taken on the leader role there but that's kind of what's interesting is like each episode characters can change what role they're going to be playing in this version. And honestly, they could constantly keep changing it as that single episode is going on. So that's that's an interesting study of the five-man band and it, and they play it yeah
1: i've also found it kind of interesting how that baton's kind of been carried by a couple different comedy series yeah like community also does this yeah. in an
0: interesting way
1: i i think you could argue that scrubs does it to a degree yeah no scrubs definitely probably not as ironclad but it definitely has it definitely follows that trope to a degree
0: and it never you know and it never has to be like i always i think of like seinfeld does it yeah that's a great example friends friends did it you know uh it yeah. It it never it's never going to be absolutely perfect, but I think like for me is anytime when I look at the the five man band trope is even if you just approach it as like a tool, a very useful tool, like I use it as a as just even to create a story and sort of flush out what characters I want in the story, who they're going to be, sort of like almost like a template that you can use to decide.
1: Yeah, it's de- it's definitely
0: it gives you a lot of runway yeah. in building and then if like later on you decide you know what i think this is better this story will serve better if i just focus on the one character at least then you have a lot of you have like a, a well to draw from when you're writing the actual story then because you yeah, put in the work nothing's wasted yeah when, when crafting. with the character yeah absolutely and it doesn't extend i've really seen that this extends really well into like video games and board games you know particularly yeah. like D D if you're if you're looking to make, you know, a big, that's a really good D and D story. Like, yeah,
1: this fits perfectly into D Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I would love to get, you know, I'd love to have an interview with the creators of that and be like, did, was this something that ever crossed your mind? Yeah. With this, you know, well, you know, we'll see if we can get them. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, I mean, I, they had to have been heavily influenced by like Lord of the Rings, I would imagine. Which oh, definitely. definitely there once again, there's the there's that five man band. I think Tolkien in general. Yeah, and whether now whether or not he whether or not it was a conscious effort, you know, who knows? But I, I do think you know you can absolutely put you know again that that group that fellowship idea with that one, like, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be a, a huge thing for, for D&D, I think, as a way to, like, start a campaign and, you know...
1: Yeah, because I, I I always struggle with character dynamics and, like, because a lot of times, like, I, I've written a few campaigns and people just want to go off and make random characters mm-hmm. that don't... I, I sometimes like to pre-make characters and stuff because it makes it easier to build scenarios around.
0: No, absolutely. And I think that's what's interesting about it is D&D, I always... When you're trying to explain it to someone who's never played before, like, yeah, it's a game, but it's more the interactive story. Like, yeah, it's more about telling the story.
1: And everyone's always like, well, how do you play? I'm like, do you,
0: well, it's like, eh. really
1: any way you want. Yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so it's that's the joy of it. Yeah. It, and then it's really
0: like it is like storytelling in board game yeah. form. It's essentially like a creative writing exercise. Yeah. When Now, when someone always asks, like, how do you win? I'm like, well, you don't really win or lose. It's just about having fun and, and telling the story yeah. as it goes. So I think that's one thing that it's tough to, like, wrap your head around. But usually if you have a good group who knows how to play and are fun to play with, that that's usually what makes it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, I think even if you look at, like, certain video games, any, like, RPG game mm-hmm. like final fantasy comes to mind the they are heavily based in that five-man band and that sort of character development that storytelling and then if you look at other video games like doom for example you know or, or call of duty that's kind of more the singular character still still like
1: yeah pretty pretty ironclad i would yeah say.
0: still like that story if you want it there but it's more about the one character rather than the character interacting within the group
1: yeah, I think. I think Last of Us ki- very loosely follows a five man band because it covers such a long period yeah. of time and touches on characters, but not almost not ever in the same space. Mm-hmm. At least not in the first game. Yeah, and it's like they're, they're interacting with all these different people in different places. So yes, it is, but it's like the it, it kind of is. An, I I would say another have your cake and eat it situation because because they really just deal with Ellie and Joel and their relationship for the most part through the core of the story yeah
0: and again we're dealing with a trope here we're dealing with like a, a storytelling tool and the tool is yours to use as you want like if you like I said
1: bend as you will and break if you need to yeah
0: um if you only want to use it as a way to help develop the characters which sometimes I do and then I just say you know what I, I like this person I'm just gonna tell their story or you know if you say you know what I'm only gonna have three out of the five or heck if you even want to like or it can be a way to even build build something up just so
1: you can completely spin everything on its head exactly yeah like you can create an entire group and then they're up for in whatever way separated or split off and then you're all for a long period of time you can only be dealing with one character
0: yeah no it's and one of the things that's like i think really interesting is if you're coming at it from like even a, a standpoint of hey i need to i need to milk this for all it's worth and make as much money as i can yeah <laughs> is it, when something can get like a spin-off and like a character that wasn't necessarily the lead in the original version but then can stand on their own in their own series from what they originally introduced
1: it can be a tricky balance but if you can do it right
0: that i think is a is a testament that the five-man band trope was there at some point or was working on some level you know usually if you can get a good spinoff obviously you can spin off anything from anywhere you can just say oh let's spin it off but usually if it if the character wasn't inherently created that way it makes it it definitely at least makes the challenge of doing that much more difficult. But yeah. if you originally had it as a five-man band, then I think the spinoff works well to it. It makes it a lot easier. I just think of like, particularly like the, the Outlander series. I don't know if you've ever seen the show or read the books.
1: I actually, I watched for quite a while. Um, it's it's an interesting concept. Yeah,
0: I, I have another recommendation if no one's ever seen the Outlander series. I think it, you know, there's, there's the main character of Claire after her journey back in time into the 18th, 17th century. There are, you know, the cast of characters that she meets one of them John Gray the the author of the series the Outlander series actually now has a whole series based on him so I think again that's Mm. sort of stressing and I could see I could actually see the show like if the Outlander series like we know however long they're going to do it that eventually comes to an end and they decide there are characters in there that they could take on their own journeys
1: I have found it interesting with that particular series how much they've stuck to the novel series and they've actually brought in the original author to write and direct several episodes of them yeah yeah, yeah,
0: and that's that's definitely rare because usually, at least from what I've seen, is there's usually extensive rewrites. Uh, yeah, from... I think
1: Game of Thrones being one of the biggest examples, yeah. because it, it pretty drastically deviates from the novel. Definitely,
0: at least at least definitely later on when they, they didn't have the novels to work with.
1: Yeah, true. That's very true. They were, they were going completely off. Of book yeah.
0: in, uh, in general. But yeah, no, there was. I know. From having read the, the Game of Thrones ones, I'd, most of the Outlander ones, I haven't read all of them. Yeah, there was definitely more trade-off in the Game of Thrones series than, than the Outlander one, I would say. But yeah, it yeah. just it holds up to how powerful the five-man band trope is and how it it's it's a powerful tool for anyone telling a story. And whether you use it just as a way for character development or whether you center your entire story around that dynamic, I think it's, it's definitely one that I recommend and, and highly uh, champion that any storyteller get into.
1: Yeah, even if you're not just using it for that specific purpose, it has a lot of leaps and bounds and that benefit you can get beyond
0: just the yeah. concept itself. and who knows, maybe maybe we get to a point where it gets expanded. Maybe someone figures out a sixth or seventh role and maybe years from now it becomes the seven man band or you know what I mean? Like there's always different things you can do with it. So yeah. that's it's definitely interesting. So yeah, that is the five man band.
1: Absolutely. Hope everyone enjoyed and we will see you guys next time. Take care. I gotta I gotta get the recipe for this. This is like amazing, these potatoes. You're making it sound amazing i'm wanting some well
0: sorry there's no there's no app for me to digitally send food has anyone invented that yet someone should invent that just digitally send the food next time it's like a wonka vision digital food? <laughs>